0: Over the weekend, we had a guest here who was questioning the creation of our altar here. She wanted to know who made it and the purpose for it. After I had shared with her a little bit about who Harrison Higgins, the artisan who created it, uh, was all, and who he is, and his relationship to Richmond Hill, as well as his spiritual inspiration to create the altar, Richard shared a part of the story that I hadn't heard before. He made mention that it was while Harrison was creating the altar that the wood cracked. And when Harrison told Ben Campbell what had happened, Ben encouraged him to just leave the crack in the altar. Needless to say, in all its symbolism, this altar serves as a reminder that even in our humanity, The the finest of creations has brokenness. And even as I continued to sit with these scriptures, the thought of our common human brokenness stayed with me. And when we consider the stories from both the first scripture lesson and the gospel that were read, I wonder whether some of us find ourselves, like Paul or Peter, in positions where there is brokenness and damage maybe feeling a sense of responsibility for it all and not understanding where in the world it all came from. Like Paul, you may have diligently sought to do what you thought was right, only to find out that your actions had persecuted the Lord whom you sought to serve. Or perhaps like Peter, you failed to live up to your commitment to Jesus, maybe even denied him either by word or by deed. And here we have two men who went on to be pioneers of the gospel of Jesus Christ and fathers of faith in the history and the development of Christian spirituality. Yet in these texts, we see them early in their spiritual journeys as men who were metaphorically blind to the truth. We also see in these stories that there can be a strong connection between between brokenness, obedience, and God's redeeming grace. So the question is raised, what kind of brokenness is this? The very mention of the word brokenness causes many of us to shudder inside. Even though we may nod our heads in agreement that brokenness is something that is a part of us all, essential for optimum spiritual growth and fruitfulness, and spiritually necessary, it's a process that continues to confuse us and often repulse us. A cursory reading of the scriptures have us thinking that every time we act according to the flesh, that God is going to take us out. However, I think it is stories like these that help us to understand that there is a brokenness in God, and a God kind of brokenness. Every time we use our fleshly ways to cope with life, God will show us that there is a better way. And that way is found in Christ Jesus. It does not matter if it's a Damascus Road experience where we are breathing threats and murder against others or a sea of Tiberius experience where we have given up on God and turned back to our old ways of doing things. God will show up in our mess and God will make sure that we have access to his Holy Spirit. God will make sure in this kind of brokenness that we are moved to the other side of the brokenness, not by our own efforts, but by God's. If the risen Christ had not shown up in Peter's mess, Peter's story would have ended with him standing beside a charcoal fire outside the courtroom where Jesus was on trial, demonstrating to a servant girl what betrayal looks like. And after the third denial, the story would have ended with Peter walking away in tears of guilt and retreating to a previous profession, carrying other folk back with him. It is a God kind of brokenness when we are given the opportunity to walk in obedience and in agreement with God. Though Peter, an experienced fisherman, had fished all night, God gave him an opportunity to move to the other side of his brokenness by inviting him to cast his net on the other side of the boat. In other words, let's do it differently, Peter. Do it according to my will and not your own. A God kind of brokenness produces a growing awareness that no matter how hard we try, Our own ability to make life work is futile. We learn that God who loves us so much will not permit our fleshly fleshly ways of coping to keep working for us. I'm going to pause here right now to just remind, I'm reminded of, I've shared this before with many of you, that when I came to Richmond Hill, shortly before I came to Richmond Hill in 2000, I had applied for 26 jobs and got turned down. And what I realized after some time was that I had operated according to my own thinking, my own understanding, my own skills, and what I thought was best. And it worked for a long time. But it got to the place. For God was calling me to a higher place in Christ Jesus, and that way of doing things would not work any longer. A God kind of brokenness would take us into the growing reality of being united with Christ in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection. And I imagine that many of us could point to a time when the process of brokenness brought about a huge spiritual paradigm shift for us. Yet we learn that it's not just one time, but there is a growing reality through many conversions or many versions of brokenness that conforms us to the image of Christ. Colossians 4.4 says it this way, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I remember thinking one day that my life had become like a crumbling building. The pillars of my theology and my life were crumbling. Important relationships were crumbling. My ability to overcome sin and failure was ineffective. And my relationship with God, with God was stressful. And with these deficits mounting over and over again, it culminated in my saying, I won't preach another sermon or stand in another pulpit until I see more than I'm seeing right now. That brokenness took me to California, a crisis of faith which permeated my very soul, filled with doubt and frustration about all that I thought I knew about God. I can imagine that God was smiling with joy, knowing that I was finally where I needed to be, broken. It was the beginning of a journey where God continually reveals Christ in me, And I can't say that I immediately saw anything differently, but it began with such a dramatic way that I had never felt the depth of God's love the way I did at that time. And that was when everything began to change for me. And the transformation in me received an enormous jump, a jump start. It was then that I learned that every broken situation in my life, and in yours, is not destined for repercussions. But many, and more than enough, are destined for transformation. It was then that I began to learn to allow God to meet me in my brokenness and trust that God's redeeming grace is sufficient. No matter how inspiring our first experience with Jesus is, and many of us can give testimony about how that first experience, at least acknowledgeable experience, meant so much to us. No matter how strong our sense of call, we end up denying our Lord and our Savior at some point or another. And like Peter or Paul, in our brokenness, living with our failures or our frailties, we find that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it does not matter if we are on a road to Damascus or the Sea of Tiberias. Morning will come. It will come. And the God of redemption, the risen Christ, will show up where we least expect, confronting our naked failures, and we will discover that the love of God is deeper than our denial. And the calling of God is stronger than any failure to which we have not lived up to the call. So let us be patient to embrace the brokenness in our lives. Let us encourage the obedient, with obedience that which we are called to and trust God's redeeming grace in our lives. For the word of God tells us in First Thessalonians 5, for God who is rich in mercy, raises the spiritual dead to life, opens blind eyes, draws us to God's self, transforms our nature, fills us with the Holy Spirit, forgives our sins, makes us sons and daughters, empowers our ongoing obedience, protects us from evil, and preserves us all the way to final glory. And that is where with every creature in heaven, and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in us, we too can sing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and forever. Amen. 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 Brokenness. Obedience. Obedience and God's redeeming grace. Amen.